Alright troops, strong and conditioned, live from the living room again, so you may have my dog interrupt. And tonight we have the one and only, the sexiest, most good looking man in fitness. The man who would look more at home strutting a catwalk in Milan than doing calisthenics in a playground park in downtown New York. It's the one and only Igor from Zero Gravity Training. Igor, how are you, brother? Hello, everybody. It's, uh, it's been such a honorable greetings from your side, Lee. I'm happy to be here. It's been a while since we spoke in this type of format. I'm happy to greet everybody who, for some reason, joining us today and uh, let's make this time fun and interactive for everyone absolutely absolutely so Igor, just to give the viewers uh, a brief introduction about yourself give us some background with regards to your fitness journey where it began and where it is as we speak uh well i i i have been always an active kid. My fitness journey started from early days. I was doing different type of uh, classes, schools, which included tennis, basketball, football, soccer, martial arts sections and stuff like that. Now my work on my personal physique started in 2004, so 19 years ago. And as anything else, it was evolving and <clears throat> it reached the how to say balance point or in during quarantine it's when i switched to completely healthy longevity performance training i stopped lifting weights and i stopped uh, looking at the process as commercial fitness so three years ago up till this moment i am only focused on the training that improves the human performance and the training that can apply to any type of practical sport and increase the results uh, and right now I'm just discovering uh, more opportunities of uh, how I call it physique upgrade my base is calisthenics my base is uh, functionality I spent a lot of focus on cardiovascular conditioning endurance mobility and a little bit of everything else Okay, so let, let's let's backtrack. Let's go back to 2004 and let's speak about that time so we can get a better idea as to the evolution of your journey. So what was your training methodology around that time? Uh, to, to call it, met, you know, training method, it's a, such a strong word for it. Uh, I was uh, uh, overweight teenager and uh, I just stepped in a gym space uh, like millions and millions of others thinking that's a solution of losing some weight. And uh, I was doing nothing but just jumping from one machine to another, not changing my diet, not changing my lifestyle. Uh, my training was absolutely uh, how to say mindless and uh, 
to call it training for result, it's it would be impossible because I was doing chaotic combination of exercises which didn't make any sense. Okay, so give me a brief rundown of what a typical gym session looked like in 2004 at the initial stage. Initial stage was just trying a little bit of everything. The stage uh, that could start some kind of journey in that area uh, had very, very commercial strategies like you see everywhere, which is like chest day, chest exercises with a bench press, incline bench press, camera machine, this and that, four or five exercises on each muscle group separated and with a horrible form. So that was, you know, that's, that was for about a few years since I started. Did you see any good results from this style of training? Uh, it's an interesting question because uh, at that time I was very disappointed because as I said at the beginning, I wanted to lose weight and like any teenager, I wanted to six pack abs. And in my head, I would be happy to be skinny, but with a six pack rather than big with the muscles. So I got some frame, I added some frame, I started having a broader shoulders, big wide back, legs were always there, small titties because I was benching with my uh, either back or shoulders. Now here's the thing, when I look back right now from current perspective, I do realize that I had a pretty good potential for genetic, genetic potential. And I would say that adding size and starting training with adding size, even chaotically, was a very important thing. But I would, of course, do it differently. It's just if I knew how to, what is proper form, what is close to proper nutrition, then, you know, I would achieve much more. But because I was, you know, motivated by completely delusional cosmetic interests, <laughs> you know, abs and all that, then I, I completely was dismissing the fact that, you know, some of the strength is growing faster, that the legs are bigger. Uh, that is something important for any athlete to realize that the frame is made genetically for to put on size on it, practical size, especially in the lower part of the body. So if I was a teenager with my current mindset, I would look at myself and I'd be like, whoa, that's great. That's a great result to have the thighs like this. But back then I was looking and I was like, I have such a big ass. I hated it. So it's like, you know, I was, if things were going the right direction, it's just, I, I didn't know about the process well because I was motivated by completely wrong, uh, you know, things. So how did you begin, like, was there a point where you began to fine tune the process? Say, for example, by identifying sources of information that you could follow that would give you a structure, so to speak? It happened eventually, later, but the problem is that uh, I was surrounded by people who were into bodybuilding, into off-season, on-season, the anabolic steroids, the powerlifting. And the ways of achieving certain type of physics were very 
very damaging. You know, if it's off season, then eat, gain a lot of weight, a lot of muscle and fat and water. If it's on season, do a lot of like particular steroids, cut the nutrition, cut the carbs. It's a torture up and down. <laughs> and uh, I got wrong stereotypes in my head, very barbaric stereotypes. So I, I was going extreme. <clears throat> I did not care about strategy because for me it was very simple. When I try to train for strength, for growth, then I eat what I don't say no to anything. Absolutely nothing. But then when, because I kind of look for the time when it's time to get cut, to prepare, and I kind of save my motivation for later. So that unfortunately developed in, in me a yo-yo effect. So I was looking at the process as yo-yo. As much as I tried to make it somehow sustainable, but it seems impossible to me because the only knowledge of being in low body fat shape was to suffer. And that's the only thing I knew. And because everybody around was doing that, you yeah. know what I mean? It's, it's interesting that you bring up that you were surrounded by guys who could have had an influence on you in a negative way, let's say. Was there, ever a, was there ever a point where you were tempted to go down that road? What, sorry, Lee, when there was ever a point of what? Was there ever a point where you were tempted to go down the same road as these gentlemen you described? Uh, yes, because I, you know, I competed in stupid bodybuilding shows and I tried to break my back on those deadlifts and I tried to, as I said, practice anabolic steroids. Uh, yeah. Uh, then when I got out of that environment, so when I moved to America, when I, you know, and lived here and I was surrounded by different people, I already started kind of learning that different techniques, different styles of training, different styles of trying to keep it sustainable. But it still was, as of now, I, now it's, now as I understand, it was only focused on commercial fitness. So... I looked at the process of training as a cosmetic process. I could, I accepted to not care about strength, cardio, performance, endurance, and all that, but I only wanted to have like visually lean body and stuff like that. Yeah. So your training was geared entirely towards the aesthetic side of fitness looking good things like that however you've mentioned that you moved to america and you became exposed to new ideas yes i just saw that uh, there's a lot of people and doing different type of strategies in nutrition that they don't suffer that they you know they are not limited to chicken rice and broccoli and stuff like that because I was, again, yo-yo. I was extreme. It's either one way or another. So how did you start taking... In what direction did your fitness journey move when you moved to America? At what age? 
No, like, what direction did your fitness journey go when you moved to America? My, I think my fitness journey moved uh, away from thinking about competing, bodybuilding. So I got that out of my head. And I just wanted to kind of look good, as I believed. But I wouldn't call it aesthetics. This is not aesthetics to my eye. You know what I mean? This is kind of... See, aesthetics to me, like when people say speak about aesthetics, they think like, oh, this is a bodybuilder standing with a small waist with a big shoulder sits. No, the aesthetics for me is like the athlete in motion. If you know what I mean, like when you see that it's not just like a pumped steroid muscles, even in a good proportions, but it's the, the muscles that that perform. You know, even if you know the statues of the person is throwing a disc, you know, and he's standing like, you know, kind of symbolizing that movement and you can see the leg muscles, the upper body muscles. So that is aesthetic for me. And I find it kind of, uh, how to call parasite type of aesthetics that comes from bodybuilding. Because the muscles that are presented visually, they're useless. So it's like there's, okay, it's nothing but just a statue. Comparing to when I see on athletes in motion physics, that's like, that's life. That's the performance. Do you understand what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So where did you move to in America? It was uh, 2010. Yeah, what what part of America did you move to? Well, at the beginning, North Carolina, then a little bit New York, and then Connecticut, then back to New York. And was it moving to New York that exposed you to calisthenics? Uh, no, 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 my friend. Uh, calisthenics happened later. I think it all it was always in me originally. It was just. Uh, dusted by stereotypes of bodybuilding, training, commercial, such as bullshit as you can't gain muscle with, without weights, such as bullshit you can't grow without off-season, such as bullshit that, you know, you can't grow out of, outside the gym. So I, for a long, long time, I was thinking that, oh, calisthenics, this is like what you can do with that. You're going to get skinny. And uh, because, again, I was surrounded by different stereotypes. I thought the bodybuilder is the ideal physique. And anybody who is not a bodybuilder, I consider skinny. It's really pathetic, but that's just how the society brainwashes you or your surrounding brainwashes you. So you become one of those people. And I became as well. Yeah, so did, did you find that you had, like, you, you were carrying a lot of baggage in that respect with regards to your interpretation of how a physique should be created, how you get there, and by moving to America, and obviously, like, life moments or things happening, your mindset changed in some respects? Uh... As I said, I don't think it has anything to do with moving to America. I had a, a very stressful 
year of 2013 and 14 is when I got divorced. And imagine I was being like 240 on steroids, benching like 315, calling like uh, random Johnny to get me trend. I'm telling the truth, you know. Right, right, okay. And then I, suddenly just, after I have a, like a nervous breakdown and change of environment in a couple months from that, I end up like 200 pounds. And I look at myself, I'm like, I look good, man. I, I, I recognize myself. Yeah, yeah. Do you understand? Because for all that time, I was walking like ballooned up muscle head with a fat <laughs> face and big arms. I, I looked like I'm an old, 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 old already, and I was feeling old. But when suddenly, like the situation and nervous breakdown, kind of let me just because I didn't train and all that, you know, I, I was drinking, not eating, and then I ended up like, oh, I can fit in the jeans. Oh, I look good. I forgot the taste of aesthetics because all my jeans were like big, all the hoodies like Gold's Gym. Be, you know, you, you walk like a laundry bag. I started, you know, kind of, it's like my spirit woke up and uh, I, I recognized, listen, man, what you've been doing, been doing with, my, with yourself. And yeah. so when I started rehabilitation, I uh, started doing the bodyweight training because that's the only thing I could do. And I started doing floor push-ups, this and that, and I really liked it and I looked I mean, can, kind of good, you know, but the thing is then after I kind of got again in the comfort zone, I got back to the gym, I got back to weights and instantly I grew back to like above 220. So, which is really interesting. So gym is a comfort zone for me and it was kind of bringing me back. Do you understand? Yes. Yeah, sure. Stereotypes were bringing me back. Yeah, old habits die hard, as they say. Yeah, yeah. What was it about the the basic calisthenics exercises that was exciting you? Because um, I think at, at, at that time I did not have to kind of worry about, oh, is it going to be chest day today or is it going to be leg day? Do I have to squat? Do I have to deadlift? I just fucking go on the floor and do your thing right here, right now. And you are not sore after that. Your blood sugar is not dropping down like it does with the weightlifting. You, you, you're not that hungry. Like you just, and you recover fast. You can do the same thing next day again. And you feel good, you know? It's, it's improving your daily life instead of like, let's say when you lift weights, uh, you're you're sore. You're like unmovable object, comparing to calisthenics when it in increases. You know your life performance. Yeah, you walk better. You feel better. You think better. Yeah, yeah. I really identify with what you said there because it sounds very similar to my story in that respect. Where I, like you, was locked into the gym, thinking the gym was the only place that you could make gains nowhere else and when i started high rep calisthenics it it, it was very exciting I, I think it was so dynamic there was 
a weight taken off of your shoulders? Yeah, absolutely, Lee. But we will get to that. So we're talking about the journey in different stages of that. The most interesting is the, the, the ideas, the philosophy that I hold on to now. So can't wait because I look at the things differently and I can exactly describe to you what it is training for me what it, and describe to people what it is you need to actually achieve something in a physical training. So, but let's go by chapters. Right, okie doke, right, okay, so so you've, you've realised that you're walking about the gym looking like a, a circus tent with your gold gym clothes on, you're bloated. So what was the moment where you went, like, fuck this, I'm changing this up? Uh, there was a few wake-up calls. And it's really interesting, like, looking back, it takes a lot of time, a lot of, like, will is not enough the, to keep trying you to keep trying is important uh and there were few wake-up calls it's like the first wake-up call is of course when uh i got s depressed and i lost weight and i started doing calisthenics the second wake-up call probably was when i went with my current wife to thailand and she's very athletic she's and I, we went to the Muay Thai class and they just gave me simple functional stuff. And I felt like shit, I couldn't continue. I even threw up. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, like a man, I feel like yeah, yeah, you can't hide from that. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And it's, so you are put, in front, put as a fact that you suck. And it's your choice to do what you do with it, but you can't hide from it. Yeah. And at that time, I had another wake-up call. I'm like, okay, man, so maybe like your stupid bench press is not as important as other aspects. Because look, Lee, well, we get to that. But uh, you, you always escape to the slow, easier style of training. You know what I mean? You always, it's much easier to just go to the gym to do a couple sets on a hammer press, curls, slow cardio. The workout is done. So you choose which workout you want to do, but you cannot expect the high result with a comfort workout. It's just not how it works. And so that the second wake up call was in Thailand. So I started including some functional stuff in my weightlifting. And then another probably couple year passed and I still was lifting weights, just doing some kind of burpees as a warm-up there, a little jump rope, nothing, basically. And then the quarantine started. And the quarantine started, and I got a little bit fat, maybe up to 2.30, and to, I had to start doing something. So you know how I have pretty, pretty significant lifting experience, so I kind of know, like, a neuromuscular connection, like, I know how to like kind of set up leg on the floor to feel the glutes better, the hamstrings. So, and I started doing the just basic exercises outside. So push-ups, burpees, not even pull-ups. Pull-ups I was afraid of because I knew I won't, I won't feel good about myself because I, I won't be able to do pull-ups. And so then I started kind of, I got back to the same mindset as I was in 2014 when I lost a lot of things in life. 
and uh, I started feeling like, oh, I'm independent in the sense of training. I didn't force myself to eat. I just did a lot of enjoyable full body exercises. I started, you know, losing fat and losing water. And then eventually I met different individuals already because everybody was working out outside and different type of people, different physiques and different performances started getting inspired. But then, then I included my friends into zero gravity. I started kind of putting workouts together. So I kind of discovered that it's very interesting for me to set a challenge, call it a certain way and just do it. And uh, so just then I started discovering. So look at this. So when you're limited to weightlifting, it's all about like how much you can bench. You bench to 20 for 10, then the next day for 11, the next time maybe for eight and a half, like, and one day maybe your ass is up, the other day your ass is down, so then your shoulder is up. So it's always the same thing. Here I entered the world where you can choose what you want to progress in. There's limitless amount. You want to you want to do lunges better. You want to do more of them. Sure, then put strategically workout oriented for lunges. You want to do the squats, squat jumps. Sure, let's try that. You want to do these push-ups, close push-ups, wide push-ups, sure. And it's important that I started feeling the natural satisfaction from what I do. It kind of, it caused the sustainability in me because I started doing something that I was kind of independent to do whatever I am. And a big breakthrough happened is when I surprisingly got in my best shape visually and physically in my life at that time 2021 and i took a chance i you know was introduced to that's good money george and people were very supportive and i entered the community and it just started all all off it it put my own self together my spirit and my physical part because it made me realize that I am, I'm, how would I say, I'm doing what I love to do. And I'm looking like I like to look like I don't carry more than I need to. I yeah. only carry what my body is capable of. And, uh, and then you just pay attention to all the details about the form of exercises. So recently, lately, I put exact strategy on every workout and I time my workout and, you know, I pay attention to, you know, how many sets of high rep pull-ups I can do instead of just setting huge amount of number and go in slow tempo. So yeah. now it is like a performance experiment for me because I can always go any direction and try, try what I'm capable of, of, of there. Do you know what I mean? yeah just just to go on a tangent your, your workouts are they always remind me of a computer game they are very objective based do you understand not not really computer game what like your workouts remind me of a computer game oh i don't know computer game not any specific computer game just a computer game in the sense that they are very objective based 
You know how when I shoot a game, you, you have objectives. You must do this. You yes, must exactly. That. Yes. Your yeah, workouts totally. are similar. Like you must perform this amount of reps. You must perform it in this fashion by this time. They're very structured in that sense. I think you know what it is, Lee. It's because I. So what's important is stress to cause a stress in order to get a result. So how it, you cause it on training? It doesn't matter. You can cause it here in your apartment, or you can cause it with weights, or with 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 any equipment or no equipment. So my goal is to uh, put together the strategy that will push me a little bit to the limits, and that will fit it all in the period of time when I'm on a mental high mental peak performance so no junk volume and it will be made of exercises that are the most efficient for for this for current goal and in a rep amount that try to stretch the high performance throughout the whole workout do, do you understand what i mean yeah absolutely yeah yeah it almost sounds to me like a reaction to your bodybuilding past in which the workouts would have been more rigid and boring in some respects. Like back in the day, you would have been in the gym and you would have did four sets of 12 an exercise. Whereas now there's a dynamic element to your workouts. And Before, lifting weights is such a, such a narrow spectrum tool that people mistaken as a training style uh and that's why see the problem with weights is that you gotta recover you can't just take like bench press two two plates on each side do it for 10 and then in in even in a minute or two go right away or even if you go then on the third attempt you are done so you gotta fit something in those two minutes otherwise you just like you walking around and doing nothing and uh, your heart rate is zigzag it calms and it's up during the set and what is the goal what is the point because look bodybuilding is very 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 difficult to strategy put strategically the bodybuilding workout because the way when weights are involved, you never know how much rest is optimal. Uh, you know, what kind, like you always, let's say, you got to always work in kind of progressive, slow tempo. Yeah. You, you put the weights on a barbell, you did a set, then you rest. You put heavier weights, you did longer rest. So it's always... Oh, it's kind of boring and pointless because you don't really develop any practical performance qualities. Uh, now, the body weight workouts, the performance workouts are good because you can clearly set a task and you clearly can understand. Did you do it? Did you make it through the, all the written reps? And how fast did you make it? And you can always kind of use it as a as your a measurement you know what i mean yeah yeah so right now for example lee 
so before a year ago, I was setting a goal, 100 pull-ups as fast as possible. And I would go 10, 10 12 right away. Yeah. And then rest a little bit. And then the next will be six. And then I'm at 18. Then the next would be five rest. The next would be four. Then more rest, maybe five. And it will become like slow, boring session, burning out the forearms. Yeah. Okay. So now I do 10 sets of 10 reps each. So I go 10, rest, 10 again, and until I reach 100. So first task to accomplish for me was to achieve actually 10 and 10 in a whatever amount of time. Then the next task would be to shorten the time. You yeah. understand? Yeah. And maybe in a year from now, I would be doing that below like 20 minutes or even 15. So then I can measure. It's very, very basic. You can't measure that in bodybuilding because you, you grow bigger, okay? You lift bigger weights. The bigger you grow, the more protein you add, the more carbs. A lot of people add juice, the supplements, creatine, this. And then here you are, benching, let's say, I mean, strong or big, uh, lifting this, this amount of weight, only with the condition that you are fucking 255 on steroids, eating seven meals a day with a shitload of supplements. The moment any of that, and sleep 12 hours, I mean, it's just exaggeration, but just in case. So the moment you go to your grandma's house for a week, you lose gains, you lose whatever strength results you have, and you have to climb it back. But the problem is, it's not like you're kind of climbing back, progressing. It's your body started winning you, but then you again resist towards your, your own body, and you win your body again. And the price is death. You know what I mean? <laughs> because neither none of the human beings supposed to be holding the size that is not beneficial yeah or sustainable whatever is excessive the body wants to every single second get rid of it get rid of it that's why the people who have hard time to gain they put all those uh, mass gainers fifteen thousand calories 100 calories this and that and they fucking try to load up themselves to explode at the moment, like something happens, that do you understand the process? Yeah. And that's what happens when people try to chase those wrong stereotypes: get big, get this, get that, unsustainable, completely useless. And for me, I grow upon my body requirements. My body is a side effect of my performance. If I perform better, I have a better appetite and grow. And a good example of that would be I was afraid to be big in a way because when two years ago I was same weight as I am right now, 212, my pull-ups sucked, cardio was a little slower, this and that. So I was afraid that, oh God, if I climb that weight again, I may slow down. I was wrong because I worked from 200, I worked up to 210, of course, with the help of muscle memory because i was big i didn't gain yeah. it from like just from nowhere it's a it's deserved size but now i worked it off so when i go on a bar with my weight i feel stronger than i'm waiting on 200 not a while ago is because the muscles that grew are the muscles 
which helped me to not to raw, not to deadlift, but to pull. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And so this is my idea of progress. You have to cause a stress, go a little bit above the limits in physical discipline and make your muscles adapt for it. So do you understand? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So and then if, if your body allows you to grow, if you try to strategically put things together, then good, grow. But if it's, if it's slowed down, don't force anything. Just go with the flow, you know. Yeah. You maybe get a little stronger. But here's the thing. So if, if you force something, you, I pay attention to all of the aspects of training. Practical strength, size, uh, endurance, cardiovascular. So I wouldn't want to be stronger on the pull-ups for the price of being having smaller cardiovascular capacity. And that's why I set up a lot of measurements and I try to balance them all out together. Do you understand? So yeah. my yeah. goal is to become just a stronger human machine overall. Yeah. If my, you know. Okay, well, let's have a little fun here, Igor, okay? <laughs> if you could go back in time yeah. to 2004, Igor, yes. who wishes to train in the gym and do bodybuilding training, what programme would you give him, but with that zero-gravity training flavour? What would you have 2004, Igor, doing in the gym with a bodybuilding flavour? I would uh, not change much. I would go to basics, basics, uh, burpees, push-ups, pull-ups, chin-ups, and sometimes, not often, three times, four at most, maybe in a month, do a compound strength training, not a bodybuilding, not like chest day and all that. No, maybe one strong push exercise could be bench, could be dumbbells, some kettlebells, some squat. I, I'm not a fan of barbell squat because, again, too much sacrifice on the spine in order to, to cause the leg stimulation. It's like kettlebell squats, different type of rows, power clean, thruster, snatches. So, you know what I mean? I would still give that Igor the strength impulse long slow-mo workout as a tool but the yeah. base will be calisthenics yeah yeah is there any exercise that you miss from that period that you don't do anymore but you still have a soft spot for not really I uh, no I uh, I like that dumbbell presses but I, I can insert them, no problem, as a part of functional workout here and there when I have access to the gym. I'm just not a fan of it because it, this work. So if I go a little bit above limits in the chest presses with the weights, that means I'm disabling myself from chest calisthenics for at least two or three days. It doesn't work for me. Do you understand? Yeah. So if I properly do chest in the gym, with weights, even with practically. That's it, my chest will be sore. What's the point? I wanna do burpees, I wanna continuously be doing different body weight exercises, no matter if I did them again yesterday, you understand? 
absolutely absolutely so i don't want to slow myself down for what to get like what extra pounds and dumbbells to get extra weight for what you know some of the so the worst thing people can do is make the training conflict with each other you know what i mean yeah so when did the nutritional side of things change it's an evolution it's always changing uh sustain uh, because look uh nutrition is not only about knowing what to eat it's about having a will to do that a lot of people know what to eat they just they it's not a priority they eat like shit. so and that was my problem for a biggest amount of time the alcohol was in my life the parties they just you know weaknesses and uh, I didn't mind eating. I knew perfectly like I knew how to create a consistency, how to do this and that. I was just mentally not there. Uh, again, everything started with the COVID. <laughs> like my evolution really take a good turn because I, again, I did not force nutrition. I stopped caring about having five meals a day and each of them with the protein. I just ate, enjoyed. I started having big portions instead of five, six small portions. I started having nice, enjoyable, big portions made out of food that I liked. And it all evolved. And then I just noticed that, listen, I don't, I don't have to care about protein. I have one, two sources of protein a day, which is mostly eggs and fish. And that's it. And I don't care about the rest. So I removed the stereotypes instead of, trying to force excessively, I kind of go with a minimal. And if I need to, if my body requires to increase more, I do it. But I notice that I feel much better by eating less compared to what I was eating before. I am least dependent and I, I can choose to eat, you know, the good, good food here and there. And it doesn't affect me because the f nutrition instead of so look i i mentioned a cosmetic approach right I, I was looking at the process as looking good and i was ready to suffer for that so nutrition was just for look back then so a little bit fat here a little bit there so cut the nutrition and feel miserable now yeah. nutrition is a fuel for performance yeah you perform better your body gets a better stress you get better faster metabolic processes you burn more calories which is absurd but like it's just part of that you you get more hungry so by the fact is more beneficial to get stronger faster more endurance and eat more rather than feel weak and eat less do you understand that's simple yeah yeah i think it's interesting that you brought up that point where you talk about food as fuel for performance is that how you view food do you look at food as fuel purely as it's a it's a first uh first first uh first thing that i i seek in food but the second second thing would be taste and enjoyment i don't yes. i don't put at least the priorities yeah uh, i don't care about seasoning i don't care about sodium i just choose a good one and i don't abuse it and that yeah. makes my life so much better yeah i sometimes think that the, the food is fuel 
mantra can be quite damaging in some respects because as a family man, food is also emotional. It's happiness, for example. Absolutely, but again, you, know, you can adjust that family time. You can enjoy any food. It's just a matter of a balance. Yeah. You know, and that's all. Yeah, of course. That's I am support. I'm. I would never recommend or wish anyone to sacrifice the precious life moments for your body. It doesn't matter yeah. how great yeah. it is. I find it stupid unless you're a multi-million sportsman with a contract. Yeah. I find it absolutely destructive. That's why my idea is just like just be an athletic, hardworking human being and reward yourself. Don't abuse anything and you know deserve what what des deserve the enjoyment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what does like you spoke about not considering protein import important in sense of tracking it. So I'm assuming you do not track calories or track macros. No, I uh, no, I because again, uh, stuff like that will take away the perception of training. You will become an accountant. <laughs> Do you understand? It's, <laughs> it's important to know it, but it's it's destructive to to be obsessed with it. It's important to know. Okay, like salmon, salmon, fish. You know, tons of protein, tons of good fat. You see rice, empty product. Uh, you you see like a fruit as fructose, fast carbohydrate. You see greens as a fiber, almost zero calories. Yeah, this and that. Just a matter of understanding. But here's the thing: I think it's important to develop connection with your body when you eat as much as you need. When you feel that not when you have an ability to kind of not overeat, but it's, yeah. it is developed with experience. Yeah. But see, so I look at this. So all the habits evolve, right? And I, what happened to me is I made the habit of actually knowing balance and actually not overeating evolve. And now I kind of understand, okay, Igor, you're super hungry. You haven't eaten just freaking put a shitload of vegetables, some sweet potato there, uh, some protein, some nice sauce, and it will fill you up due to the fiber, low calorie, high density food. Uh, some crunchy sweet potato for texture. And ama amazing. So I know what to expect and what to load. Do you understand? Yeah. Now, yeah. if I was the calorie obsessed guy, yeah. I would get lost. I would lose the connection with my body. Yeah, yeah. I would be like, oh, 200? Okay. Like you will be counting more than doing practical things. Yeah, yeah. And still counting calories is more so for cosmetic usage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's important to count them at the beginning of journey just to learn it. But yeah. then get rid yeah. of it. Get rid yeah. of it. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I think calories are a good starting point in the sense that people should have some system to audit whatever's going past their mouths so they can create baseline. But I think there comes a point where you have to stop because it will become a toxic process in the end.
the calories is like just knowing you know that there are four continents the name them how many con major countries you know and all that so basic knowledge do you understand yeah Which i think yeah. should be learned in school do you know it's basic knowledge it's interesting that some of the guys i know in fitness who have the best physiques and train in the most interesting ways don't count calories at all yeah and the people so listen i keep getting more exciting thoughts i can't wait to share so uh, <laughs> you can so remember michael phelps right yeah the one of the most gifted athletes in the history of the modern world he i believe eats horribly even I, I believe he, I don't think he eats that 12,000 calories commercial meal, which you probably heard about. Yeah. But I believe he eats a lot. I, he performs at the highest level. So his priority is performance. The rest is fuel. And performance is that good and that strong that everything is burned, burns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And imagine if he would start counting calories when the performance is going and he's stronger, faster he will slow himself down all right yeah and uh, a lot of people who actually look great they don't care about that calorie count and the ones who are obsessed they are actually you know not looking looking very very like unsustainable do you understand yeah yeah and another uh, one more thing lee and everyone so i want to break your myth about counting calories in one second <laughs> If you want to count calories, then make sure you live exactly same day every day. Because I can wake up today on time and my day is perfect, gym time, whatever, and work and sleep by 10. But tomorrow, somebody from my family is sick and I have to go somewhere else and I don't have time to eat and I fail like this. Or if I walked or if my car broke and I had to walk to service and walk back and not eat i walked more i spent more calories i didn't eat so it becomes a mess do you understand yeah so, absolutely it's, it always takes me back to what jared miller said where he says that training drives nutrition if you're training hard enough you can utilize that nutrition in a, a positive way and if you're training so hard you want to make sure that nutrition is optimal to also supplement said training so it becomes synergistic in that respect uh it's it's so true but the thing is uh, see lee when we look at the people around the people who are in the commercial training spaces no matter if it's gym if it's outdoor crossfit or whatever those are amateurs those are majority 90 95 or more percent of people who go to training space they are not athletes in their heart they're not ready to sacrifice and i think that's a good thing again because there there's two ways to look at the process to do it for fun or to do it for result so when you have a task to do it for a result you start kind of you first of all appreciating every single opportunity to self-improve 
Number two, you're going to judge yourself for, for failing. And nobody wants to do that because if I want to show kind of performance tomorrow and today I got drunk or I didn't eat and I woke up later and it's my responsibility. So majority of people do not want to put themselves in the circle of having strict responsibility towards their physical goals because they know they will fail. They don't care. Not, it's not even about willpower. It's just about is it what's an inside person in the soul or not? Because some people are very creative painters and they couldn't care less about training, but they're really good at what they do because they're passionate. Yeah. So the same way as people are passionate in other areas, exactly the same are passionate in a training because it, yeah, it requires a discipline. It requires that type of, you got it, me and you and everyone who is in community, you know, we, we do hard work. No matter we get stronger, of course, but then we do just more strong, difficult shit, you know, and it's never ending. So I got stronger. Then next time I want more and more. I'm stronger. I'm str stronger than the previous years ago challenges, but I'm weaker than current, you know, so I always raise the plank. So and uh, it's just what we get our satisfaction from, you yeah. know, yeah. I do it because I'm addict, as simple as that. Yeah, and people yeah. are addicts in other ways. Yeah, yeah. I always think that training for results in terms of aesthetics, as much as I love it, I've always got a soft spot for bodybuilding and training in the gym. But it, to me, it always seems like a dog chasing its own tail. You'll never catch what you're going for. You'll never be happy because it's not the way the head works. We're never satisfied. And when it comes to aesthetics, then that's something that we definitely will never gain satisfaction. Very simple answer to define that. Uh, bodybuilding is driven by narcissism. Sport athleticism is driven by performance. As simple as that. So a lot of people pay money to kind of go through this uh, shredding process, hire a trainer, and then you see like they're posing on stage of some, I don't know, New Jersey competition. <laughs> it is like, okay, it motivates you, but you're motivated in a wrong way. You are motivated to be narcissist. Do you understand? And that's what I don't like. A lot of like, sometimes you see like young, good looking, uh, as really aesthetic man is standing there, me at 21, and you see like a ripped body, not big, but you know, like super athletic. And then five years from now, you see like a fucking steroid peak. <laughs> and, and, and people in comments are like, fuck, bro, like that's a progress. And I'm thinking, fuck, that you call that a progress? That's a you destroyed yourself. You, you know what I mean? So. <laughs> You still there? Oh my God. Like this is, sorry, I just, uh, yeah. So as simple as that, man. <laughs> no, I, 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 I totally understand that. I get what you're saying. I, I agree with you. There is a narcissism 
in the bodybuilding sphere, particularly the social media, Instagram bodybuilding that is so prevalent. And you see it yourself when you watch these reels and videos, the amount of likes, it's like some oiled up narcissist and he's calling weights and it's absolutely Lee. Now I want another example. So (laughs) bodybuilders do not suffer during training. I mean, it's, it's a different type of suffering. It's mostly muscle fatigue. There is no aspect of pushing yourself in the sense of endurance, breathing heavily, going through high, 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 high heart rate. It's a different type of suffering. What they suffer is the diet. When they do the diet, they become irritated like bitches. Do you understand? So they are irritated because they're suffering. Now, athlete suffers going through the distance. When athlete is done, he's happiest person on earth. His hormonal satisfaction is so like he experienced so much happiness satisfaction he's happy he loves everything and everybody you understand but he suffers during training yeah no 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 i i I totally agree you can't even compare cardio with bodybuilding in that respect cardio is a shit ton harder than anything that you will do in the gym the gym to me is like it's, it's a fleeting moment of pain whereas cardio or like high rep boppies high rep body weight training where your heart is just thumping lee imagine the car like you have a car <laughs> what car do you have uh, I have a Honda Civic. Okay, Honda Civic. What year? A uh, sixty-five. Two, no, sorry, a uh, two thousand. Uh, two thousand fifteen. Okay. And we call in, in Scotland. We call it a sixty-five plate. That means it was two thousand and fifteen. Okay, so it's capable of transporting four passengers and some some few suitcases, right? Five, five. It's a it's a three back seat to the front, mate. Five. Okay, so this is its cap- capability. Now, if you load it with extra 500 kilograms on top of it, will it be capable to drive in the same way it will drive without, without 500 kilograms on top? Of, of course not. Of course not. What will you have to do in order to make it drive with 500 kilograms on top? Get bigger wheels and pump the tires up. Okay. Get better wheels, get better engine, basically leave only a core, right? (laughs) So you're going to remodel it. Yeah. So this is the thing. So the bodybuilding is adding shit on top of the car and make it slow and slow and slow and slow. The performance training is upgrading the car to get engine, whatever needs to upgrade in order to push extra weight on the same same speed as normal yeah Do you understand yeah absolutely, absolutely. So that's that's what it is and the bodybuilding i can get arms like and anybody else can eat more and just pump arms and only doing arms and the arms will grow they will be big but they will be unmovable odd objects and each time you'll try to lift them they will get acidic the lactic acid will go all over and then the next thing you can even move them so 
that's why the bigger you get, the more upgrade you have to add on top of that. Like you mentioned, the video game, you add strength, but then you have to add speed too. Then you have to add to endurance. And if any of those aspects is missing, then your character sucks, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the bodybuilding is the character only wearing like shiny clothes. Bodybuilding is the character who is weak, but who is trying to wear a heavy armor. Do you understand? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and I think that's fair because you have to deserve everything. Like if you want the strong muscle to grow and perform stronger, you got to make you, you got to kind of deserve it. You know, you deserve it through the consistency going a little bit above the limits and yeah yeah i mean like i just want to say to anyone who's watching this who doesn't like who is unaware of igor like they have to go onto his instagram and look at igor's physique it, to me it blows most natural bodybuilders out of the water and he doesn't even touch barbell or machines everything is driven by calisthenics in kettlebell training which I find quite astounding because what the good thing about you, Igor, is is that you force people to like rethink what they thought worked. I tried to, to destroy the stereotypes because again, everything is very commercial, and that's why people are driven away by ideas that you have to lift weights to be athletic or you have to go off season to gain muscle or you have to do stationary cardio to burn fat yeah. or go low carb whatever it's just i try to help them to find that identification like i found for myself you know which which i find very fortunate you know yeah so I'm going to have to wrap this up, Igor. Could you tell me uh, where people can find you? Yeah, if they can find me. Your Instagram, for example. So it's Zero Gravity Training, Instagram and YouTube. Uh, zero with awards. Uh, check this out. Check my content out. I genuinely like to come up with ideas and I share it with everybody and uh, it requires only will to work from your side it's not going to be easy but there's a lot of options there's important to uh, mo moderate the workout if you need to but it's important to work there's about six seven or even more hundred of different workout ideas which you can give it a try I never repeat workout for the reason because there's so much to learn and second reason to keep the excitement. So everyone is welcome who has a will to develop a practical strength and everything that comes with it. I would just like to second that in the sense that people should go and check out Igor stuff because Igor is truly unique uh, in the world of fitness. He's got, a, a, he's got a certain mindset which I truly appreciate and I'm sure people that are listening to this will realise that as well. And his training is very original and it's very exciting, it's high impact and it's very dynamic. So I would definitely second that. Go and check Igor's content on YouTube and Instagram. 
So anyway, Igor, it's been a pleasure as always. I really enjoyed that. I always enjoy picking your brain and just letting you talk, mate, because you're a good talker, mate. You can you can you can talk for America, believe me. There's a lot of talkers, man. It's good to be a good listener. That's important. Thank you so much, man. Pleasure. The pleasure was mine, mate. Thank you, everybody. See you Thank next you. time. Take care. See you.